welcome. My name is Tracy Cook and this is the Victim to Victory podcast series. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms that go on to help others do the same. If you like this podcast, please like, subscribe and comment. And today I would love to introduce you to a world changer a woman dynamic. I'm very honoured to have her as a guest here today. Her name is Anne Justy and she has overcome domestic violence and PTSD. I'll let her tell her story in her own way. She has become a yoga therapist over a decade ago and a master certified life coach. Anne is absolutely amazing. And now she shares with people as a speaker as well on how, you know, the the suffering and the relief from your symptoms. But I want her to tell her story in her own powerful way. Uh, She's also a contributing author to Defining Moments. And she talks, um, her talks helps people overcome all kinds of anxiety and And after meeting Anne, you'll get to know just how much impact she's having on the world. People who have been affected by trauma, um, you know, and providing a lot of solutions for them as well. So anxiety, trauma, various mental health issues are very common today. And Anne has got all the answers that you need. But I want her to start by sharing her personal journey. And I would like to really welcome you, Anne. I'm very grateful and honoured to have you as a guest on the Victim to Victory podcast series. Welcome. So who is Anne? And where does your journey start? So I'm, I'm glad to be here. And I'm happy that it's been decades since then. But to remember it, um, what happened to me, the, the, the I'm going to talk about the, the one that really the straw that was that, that broke the my, broke my spirit and 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 caused the PTSD. But I'll, I'll talk about how other things in my life led up to that. Um, but basically, I literally had just been married a few months earlier, and I, I actually was on the phone, and, and, and there wasn't, and I don't really have a typical domestic violence, but then I don't think there really is a t- typical domestic violence. And there were things that I, you know, I don't think that people go around when they uh, date somebody or, or decide whether they're going to marry somebody looking well you know, are they going to potentially harm me or something like that? So, um, so I didn't have like years of abuse in, in, in this marriage. It's just that it was very sudden for me. And I was on the phone and I accidentally used my maiden name again. It was like three months, you know, uh, from when I had gotten married and, um, I got off the phone and then my husband violently attacked me about how I, you know, wasn't honoring his name and how dare I do this. And I'm like thinking like, oh my God, some, you know, some monster has replaced my husband that I just married. And, um, and you know, beyond the, the, the violence of it, um, the good news is I survived. The good news is I was able to leave the, you know, to leave the house and find shelter with actually, unbeknownst to me, I called a friend and said, can I stay with you? And they said, yes. And I didn't know that they had suffered domestic violence. So another thing that I want to say is that 
um, people don't talk about it. So uh, once I suffered domestic violence, it was amazing how um, how common it was that other people, like when I shared that I had it, that I couldn't believe how many other people had over ha had experienced this. And as we're talking, every minute that we talk, somebody's experiencing a trauma. Now that could be domestic violence and that could be something else. And, and I'm not even talking about the things that we're experiencing now where you think that things are out of control or you're witnessing death or you're worsening illness or you're losing your job. Those are major stressors. Even getting married is, is a major stressor and moving and things like that. And then on top of that, to experience something then compounds that. So I was really lucky. And I was really lucky that I had friends to take me in and I knew to turn off my cell phone. I mean, this was 15 years ago, but it was the suddenness of it. And this is the man that I love. This is the man I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And, you know, this monster came out and now I'm, I'm sitting here with, you know, I thought it was a broken nose, turned out to be a broken palate. Um, also very commonly, um, another thing that I want to say is that a lot of victims have no idea when they have the attack, what effects on their physicality continue on. Like I didn't know until a few months later that my inner ear had damaged because if somebody whacks you upside the head and it's a percussion on the head, you know, it's similar to, to veterans that deal with explosion. I didn't even know. And so I was having, you know, inner ear problems. And they said, well, did you, were you, did you have injury? And then I, I, you know, and when something happens, especially in a trauma, you don't remember, oh, he did this, then he did that, or this happened and that happened. It's just kind of like a trauma happened and you can't even remember, uh, you know, what really happened. So I literally had to think, oh, that must have been because he, you know, yeah, and, and they, this is something that I hear commonly, um, unfortunately, and, you know, we don't replay it too often in our head if we can, we can help it. And right. when we actually do um, have these symptoms and we can relate it back to that incident or that trauma or that act of violence, that, that re-triggers you again. You think, oh, this is just not going away. And then the feelings come up again, don't they? And then you, you relive it again and and it just goes on physically, doesn't it? Well, it's, it's not only physically, but uh, let me explain because, you know, I've been studying this now for decades because it kind mm. of like I was wondering why all these things that never, you know, I had a brother who used to beat me up constantly. And I learned that later it, it was sibling abuse, but, and, you know, and I've, I've been in car accidents and I've been raped, I've been mugged and things like that. And, and I'm a very resilient person. And in other words, I'm kind of like, okay, it's like a broken, a broken bone. I'm just going to get over it. And I don't really need to deal with the emotional part of it. And then when something like this happens, it's the straw that broke the camel's back because what happened for me was I could deal with, you know, and I, I used to be a nurse. So it was like, I could deal with understanding the physicality of it. But then when I woke up and I didn't want to go to work and I didn't want to go out of my house and I was like, oh, so I had a monster come in, you know, I had a, a monster replace my husband to attack me and now, 
And luckily, also, he was arrested and put into jail. A lot of people, my scenario is is unique in that, you know, I didn't have it long term and he was arrested and put into jail. Um, at, but I was like thinking, oh, my God, I'm, I'm having nightmares and I'm I don't want anyone touching me. And I was somebody who was a very touchy, huggy person. And I wasn't outgoing and I didn't want to go to work and I was afraid of everything. And I was like, I was on high alert, like, okay, what's the next disaster that's going to, mm. you know, come it's about? Like a fight or flight is response, isn't it? It's, 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 it's even more than that. It's like, I can now, if something reminds me of it, I can, I have certain things I do about, well, am I immediately safe? Okay, I'm immediately, like if, if something sudden, a sound went off or something, or somebody threw something, you know, in the room, I would like say, okay, am I safe? Do I need to get out of here? Do I need to do anything? Or can I just process this or and take care of what do I need to do to take care of myself now that I'm not in immediate danger so it's the difference between you know somebody swerves in you know you're driving along and somebody swerves into your lane that's like an immediate I need to to deal with it and there are times where that's a loud noise I'm safe that's you know a backfire from a car or whatever I'm 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 safe you know I so I assess and I'm safe and these are the things that I never really had to think that I'm going to have to do for the rest of my life. Now, the good news is because I found relief through yoga therapy. But part of my other problem was that I went to my insurance, you know, I, so I have all these symptoms and I go to my insurer and I go, I really need to see somebody. And they're going, but you already saw somebody. Yes, I saw the ENT I, uh, because it was my nose. And, and I, uh, and I, I saw my regular physician, you know, my primary care physician. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have to go to work. I have to function. You know, I, I have a job that, you know, back then I was, uh, was working for a large insurance company and I was doing, uh, running their financial systems on the IT end. And so I was like, I, I, I can, I can barely take off a couple of days to, the, you know, until he was arrested and I got medical care, you know, I, I really didn't have time to take off work. And I have an insurer now telling me, well, what are your symptoms? And I'm telling them, oh, I'm having nightmares. I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to work. I'm, I'm like almost paranoid and they're going, but, but we need to know what, what, you know, like they wanted me to diagnose like, well, mm. do you have this or do you have that? And I'm like, I'm not a say. I just know that I'm not me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm not me. I'm not a psychologist. I don't want to self-evaluate. <laughs> I need some help here. Can you step in and kind of help me out with this? Yeah. It's, and, it, and it gets, that's where frustration comes in as well. You know, sometimes they're, they're getting wrapped up in that red tape or that, that um, specific box that uh, some kind of department wants to put you in so you can get the help or the resources that you need as well. That can also be an added frustration, can't it? And, and because this occurred 15 years ago, there wasn't the, like, I couldn't, like, you know, search on the internet, oh, do we have a domestic violence group that I can meet with or something that's actually volunteer? Like right now there's an anonymous text uh, help that you can 
do and there's just a lot more resources now and so finally i was talking to a friend and said i can't even get evaluated they want me to say so we we agreed that i was having panic i think we we labeled it with panic attacks and then when i saw the actual therapist they said oh you've got ptsd and i'm like you know and then in my mind, it was like, well, this wasn't trauma. This was an attack. And mm -hmm. I didn't really, you know, I didn't really associate it because if you've never experienced something like that, then you don't know all the, all the permutations, like, you know, the, my, my boundaries had been violated. And yep. so therefore I was overreacting in how I wanted, like I was trying to shut people out. I didn't really want to socialize. I didn't want comfort from my friends and that's another thing is that I was also shamed how mm -hmm. could I have picked somebody who was gonna violate me and it was some and I looked at well what was my fault in that or uh, you know and and uh, you know I somehow now I'm, I'm damaged goods too yeah, and I think the blame factor is quite common associated with trauma. You would have seen this after researching and things like that as well, I suppose. You know, just that the the guilt or the shame or the um, just the the lack of um, not being able to connect with our emotions to be able to identify what we went through in a trauma as well. You know, that frustration around the guilt and the shame it's um it's very triggering right and and the other thing that i want to tell you is that um i was raised in a very uh, unfortunately in a very classist household i came from a sort of well-to-do family so it's like that stuff happened to people who were drunks and 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 you know working class and low class and that that you know that just didn't happen in in you know mm. uh, a, a well to do i hate to say this also you know i i also came from a home that was sort of racist and i'm glad that i've learned all these things is that oh well that doesn't happen in upper that doesn't mm. happen in upper class white neighborhoods and yeah. it happens everywhere it, it does. You it know, does not discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Class, it, you know, race, age, sex, cultural, <laughs> religious, anything. Right. It does not discriminate. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it, it, and you know, the the other thing is that you know, it depends, it, and it doesn't just happen to heterosexuals, and it doesn't just happen to people who have ordinary relationships. Um, so, uh, you know. I had to process that, you know, and it changes your, it, it, you said that it's that we don't look at our emotions. I think it actually turns on our emotions too much. So mm -hmm. there's a hypervigilance. And then uh, on top of that, it changes our belief and our identity because now that experience then has such a strong marker that now I have that identity. I have that belief. Now I believe that the person I love could attack me. And so now I have to see that it's that person, not, you know, not every man's going to attack me. Not every person may attack me. Um, so th there is our belief system. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and, and you have to realize that in your response to the trauma, you not only hold it in your, you know, in your, in your body, but also in your emotions, in your subconscious and in your, what's called sympathetic and parasympathetic reactions. Like, you know, when you cry, you might, you know, get a runny nose or whatever, or you might feel things in, in your body. And you start also, when you start doing boundaries, you start actually, and I think this is what you meant. You start shutting down. I don't want to feel anything mm. and because I just, I don't, I want it to go away. And so if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if I can't feel it, it doesn't exist. And, and then you say, well, how am I, you know, one of the issues for me is how am I going to ever trust anybody ever again Mm, that's a big question isn't it yeah and so i i literally you know after i had dealt with the ptsd and and the other thing that was troubling for me was that uh traditional therapy wasn't helping me going to domestic violence i find found actually a domestic violence group um finally and it wasn't helping me because I was reliving the trauma. And it's like, mm. I don't want to, I know what happened. I yeah. just want to get, I want it to get over with. I want it to be in my past. I do not, I do not want it here. And so that's one of the reasons that yoga therapy, because, oh, I've done yoga for years. You know, I'd been doing yoga for decades at that point, but then yoga therapy is different because you're doing specific breath work or you're doing specific eye, uh, you're doing some different, like you might be even, this is like if I start chanting on and using my fingers that they're actual pressure. In other words, you're, you're saying to your body and to this, you're focusing on, you're focusing it on, uh, on what, what's, with you and what's going on in your body and you're beginning to understand your autonomy and you're telling your body that it's okay to relax. It's okay to, to let go of this. And now I can describe in detail what happened, but I don't really have the emotional attachment to it. Mm. Um, And that's part of a, a higher form of healing as well, obviously through the yoga. Um. And now if something really bothers me, yeah, I'm able to, you know, deal with it, take care of it. And also part of what I realized is that I really wasn't doing a lot of what is called mental self-care every day. Do you meditate? Do you journal? Do you move in a way? Do you, do you even feel in your body? Because one of the things in uh, my aspects of what I deal with, um, and how I help people is to ask them in mindfulness, how are they feeling right now? And how are they feeling as they go through? Because very often we'll go through life. And if I asked you how you sat down or how you got up or moved across the room, or, you know, when you're running your hands underneath the water, was it cold? Was it warm? What was the velocity? What did, did your hands feel different when you applied soap to them? This is all, you might say, well, that's overanalyzing what you're doing, but in bringing that back, the, the body sensation back and you observing it and, and being able to like almost narrate what's going on, 
you suddenly do. And one of the things that I think is really good is that if people out there are experiencing that thought of trauma, even though they're not. So the first thing to say is, is it really happening right now? Or is it something I'm memorizing or I'm recalling is to then change their breath. So if they can just, and you can be in a boardroom because the other thing is that this might creep up at the most inconvenient times. I'm in the middle of a presentation at work. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out with my friends and I don't, you know, necessarily, and a lot of people don't talk about it and, or they don't want to always be seen as the victim. Well, that happened a year ago. Why are you still a victim? Like you're all healed physically and Mm. they don't realize that it's something. So what you do is you start breathing as though you're breathing through a straw. So you And nobody would be able to tell in a meeting that you're or in a social setting that you're you're doing anything and just taking something from what's called an an automatic response to now a deliberate. So you when you we're breathing here and I don't think that you've said, okay, breathe in, you know, like I'm not mentally going breathe in, breathe out. But then when we take it from something automatic to something deliberate, and then we start feeling maybe it's because it breathing like through a straw um, is cooling or it's more effort um, or it's slower. And in doing that, the body then focuses on that and you can't really have this ongoing chatter here and focus on your breath at the same time it just it shuts it down and that's 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 one thing about breathing and mindfulness and paying attention to your body really makes a huge difference and then what you know what I do like if some you know somebody started throwing something across the room I mean I've I've been triggered by like somebody decided to throw a, a Nerf football at work and I'm not, I don't don't like things being thrown near me. And so uh, because I have this um, Mm -hmm. and I don't, and I would say that I really have well, what I would say is extremely well-mannered triggers is I sit there and go, am I in immediate danger? Okay. I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I deal with my breathing. And then what I do is I start feeling my body and you always have a sense of gravity So you think about where do you have, and gravity is very grounding, very soothing. That's why people have like weighted blankets now is that if you say, okay, where am I feeling gravity? So right now I'm feeling where I'm sitting and my back is against the chair and my feet are on the ground. And I could even take my hands to the table. And if I have my legs crossed, I could uncross them. So I have more contact with the ground. Now I'm not necessarily going to lie down, but these are things that people can do to then, okay, so now I'm grounded. So then I now, the other thing that, that going from a victim to actually thriving. So I feel in some ways it was like a broken bone. I'm actually stronger. Now, is it true that I have to look at things more critically? Is it true that I have to 
like state more boundaries. So I might sit there and say, hey, look, I don't really appreciate you. Th- I realize you guys want to have fun and take a break from work, but I don't appreciate things being thrown. It really mm-hmm. is is it it's bothering me and so there's a way you can step up for and i think that people who overcome step up and they they say this is this is who i am and this is what i need and um and then there are other times that when they get triggered their self-care is that they go to the bathroom for a few minutes or they step outside and it would be similar to saying I'm stepping outside to make a phone call or I'm stepping, I'm going to the bathroom and having a moment with yourself where you can be with yourself, collect yourself and say, I'm okay. I'm taking care of myself. And now I can decide whether I'm going to leave the situation as in I'm leaving a, something that's triggering me. Like, there are things that I now find more offensive, like certain violent films I might react to more now. And so I might say, oh, I didn't know this was going to be violent. So I don't, you know, I leave, I turn it off. If somebody discusses something or something's really violent, then I might even leave the, the situation. And I'm also, I would say that for people who um, get into another relationship. And I'm very happy to say that I fit many years later, it's only been about um, four years. I met somebody at a meditation group and uh, he, I came to find out, I think it was, I think I even found this after we were married that he was a victim of domestic violence. You want to talk about shame when he went to the district attorney, they told him, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think we could, you know, you, you, your wife is of smaller stature and you, you take martial arts and, and we, we don't think that a jury would buy that she attacked you. And it's like, mm. but I didn't expect my, my, you know, my, my, my wife to punch me in the eye and because she had a diamond ring on, you know, nearly scratched, you know, it, it actually abraded around his eye, but not could have taken out his mm. eye. And it's like, they don't think about the fact that it's not about the size of the person or the gender of the person. They, you know, so it's a, so, oh, okay. I study mm. Aikido and I'm, I'm, you know, he's not a yep. giant guy. He's like five, nine, but he's like, yeah. stocky and they're they're and you know small petite wife you know they they think well how the how can a mm-hmm. small petite wife assault this man a- assault and is it, assault no matter who's the who's the receiver and 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 who's actually um you know the the person dishing it out um it's got nothing to do with it definitely male or female and 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 I say this over and over, it just so doesn't discriminate. So I'm so glad that you shared that with us because, um, you know, uh, and it's the it's the idea about the, the man. Well, you're the man. Why can't you, you know, protect yourself type of thing, you know? We're, we're, we bring men up to, uh, you know, uh, previously with before all this new evidence and, uh, it's just been wrong for so long that men are victims too. 
and they can be victimised and they are victims of domestic violence. And, you know, this, uh, you know, man up or, you know, act like a man, um, those days are hopefully going to be gone because I think um, we've entertained that idea for far too long and there's a lot of male victims. So thank you, Anne, for bringing that to our audience's attention as well because that's really valuable. Um, and there were, you know, so, and he doesn't like to talk about it. And, and his response to the district attorney and the police is like, why would I ever assume that my wife would attack me? And that's how I felt. Like, why, would I, you know, and it, it, again, it was like my situation, it came out of the, out of the blue. I mean, maybe she had been emotionally abusive, but not physically. And what happened to me, though, that was very interesting, my, you know, I had been assaulted and it took, a, you know, the, the yoga therapy took a couple months. But after that, I felt that I felt really back to normal. And then, you know, everything, uh, you know, health, health. So everything was pretty much resolved within six months. And then I, I did better, better self-care. And I had, you know, I didn't go back to relationships for probably two or three years. And I was with a really kind and gentle person. Um, but when I met my husband, um, something interesting happened when I found out that he was a domestic violence person and I was around him for the first time, and I'm not going to say that the person that I had a relationship after, you know, my second husband, I dated them for many years, was a, he's a kind, gentle person, I'm sure he wouldn't, but something about my husband told me that I was safe, told me that I was never going to be hurt again, and an aspect of my personality came out that had never come out ever and then I realized that because my brother had started beating me up when I was so little that 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 little kid had never come out before and then my husband has a great sense of humor and he likes to sometimes act like a teenager and <laughs> so I was like people were seeing me being happy and they're going like well, I, I know you're in love but really you're 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 actually cracking jokes. You're so happy. We've never seen, we've known you for decades and we've never seen you this happy. And then everybody thought, hey, it would fade or something. And, you know, it's been four years and people are going, what happened? And I, and I really had to mentally think about it that I didn't feel safe, that, mm -hmm. that, that he represented a safety that I hadn't had before. And so therefore my little kid and my playful side could come out because it had been tampered down by my brother, you know, um, beating me up all the time. And I didn't, that's another thing about sibling abuse. Most people say, Oh, kids rough house. And sometimes it is just rough housing. And sometimes it, it it's, it's abuse. And mm. I never thought that it was my parents' responsibility to do anything about it until I actually had been assaulted. So I remember that I tried to avoid my brother at social gatherings or I always had somebody around to, you know, to kind of be there, never be alone with him. And uh, so um, what I'm saying is that uh, that people don't understand that 
parents are supposed to supervise the children and the children that some of it can be abused. So I was sent to the hospital and they go, oh, you know, kids get into accidents and things like that. And there's also a stigma of like, well, if we allow the abuse then the child's going to be taken away from us and they're not really addressing the situation. Mm. And so very often there's just still a, 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 a you know, shame, and I don't want to deal with this, and it'll go away, or it was just a one-time thing, and that's also how a series of things happen to victims when you say, oh, um, he just hit me one time, and oh, then he was, you know, loving, and he brought me flowers, and he said he was sorry, and things like that, and certain things for me just aren't right now there are things like i remember that my husband my current husband was frustrated one day and he literally threw his phone because his phone he was just really frustrated because it was an upgrade of the operating system and he just couldn't figure out why it had deleted we shared calendars and it deleted my events and his events and i'm like honey if you want to do that to your phone that's fine but when you <laughs> Don't do it to my phone. And he literally threw the phone down and I was starting to, I literally freaked out and I just removed myself literally from the mm. house for a few hours. And then I came back to him and said, we got to go to coaching because, you know, or, or counseling because I, I, I can't have the certain things that I need that can't happen that in other houses, maybe that wouldn't have done anything. And so I also think that when part of healing is that you're very honest with your very close friends and with your partner or whoever you're dating, that things can come up where you're going to need to take care of yourself, that you're healed, that you're over it, but you have a level of self-care and this is what you need. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, things that people need to take care of themselves and not be ashamed to take care of themselves and it'd be surprising when you when you talk about how you've taken care of self, how you've come over your trauma, how you hear so many other people talk about their trauma, and uh, you know, and especially in 2020 as well, with all the anxiety and the depression and the the uh, heightened domestic violence and. Uh, suicide and things like that, addiction, uh, there's all, all forms of abuse. I mean, more than ever, uh, we need to talk about it and we need to know, hey, you're not alone and it doesn't matter how, how fresh or, or how old the, the wounds or the scars are, it's still okay to talk about it and just to be able to, um, you know, normalise discussions around it so it's not hidden in the four walls or it's not just something that happened at the home and you're not to tell anybody. Um, I think um, your story is um, is so unique to you but yet so common. Um, and I think so, ma so many of our audience, especially on, on V2V, will, will identify with that. And I really, I really love the fact that you brought up about men being victims of domestic violence as well. But most of all, the PTSD and, you know, things that can trigger you and how it's affecting, you know, sometimes in your everyday life and what you're doing and identifying areas that actually help you to cope with that. Because sometimes we don't have that, that coping or we're too scared to go and see somebody. 
So your um, information today about those coping methods um, is is invaluable to those people that are, are really hearing your message today. And um, so you're, you're coaching people now and you're helping people. And I know that you're helping them in, in that kind of wellness space as well. And uh, bring us up to where you are in your journey today, Anne. Well, as I said, I, I married my husband four years ago and I, I am no longer in the corporate world. I'm actually full time helping people and I help Yay. people. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it really actually has felt another sense of, of you know, living by desire or, 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 or you know, this is really what I want um, it is that um uh, is that I can relate to somebody who has physical limitations and I can relate to people who've gone through PTSD and people go, well, but I'm having everyday stress or given what's going on right now, isn't everybody experiencing the same thing? And people need to know that, oh, it might be something that I just learn. I learn once and then I take on by myself or I, I practice and I, I also want to say that if you you need to do something for about 40 days as a continual habit to really have it, you know, that you have it there and then determine is this something I'm going to be doing daily or weekly and taking assessments for on, on yourself. And there's a variety of things, you know, I have certain techniques that I, you know, and, and things that modalities I've been trained in. And I recently took some courses on trauma release exercises. I It's not what I teach, but I was amazed at how that can deal with some subtle energies or some people do EFT, the, the tapping method, and that there are different things now and that the apps now that you can uh, take five minutes and, and literally you'll find them on YouTube. You find them in free apps and paid apps for meditations that you can literally take a break and take a break between activities or you just got off a, you know, an angry customer on the phone and you can just breathe and meditate and do what's also called an active meditation. I can listen to somebody being soothing or soft. And some people also listen to, you know, do sound therapy. They listen to specific sounds and it calms them down. And literally in less than you can do a minute, but between a minute and five minutes, you can really, really change. The other thing that I do is is interesting is that you might have, um, a power move or a power stance, you realize that if you stand with your hands on your hips and you you stand with authority, that it's going to change your physiology. It's going to change your brain. And the other thing I want to say is you can't simultaneously think about fear or a memory and also be grateful or joyful or if you think about what's going on in your body, then you're not really thinking about what's going on in your brain. So another thing that I, I want to talk about is that things are going to come up for people when they stack. 
And I've had some recent stuff at the end of the year. I took my car in to get repaired and they said, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this. Oh, and the, the things on back order. And then my registration got lost in the mail. And then there was this. And then there was, you know, something other that was, you know, and then my husband just got diagnosed with something. And it's like, oh, and these are the times where I have to move or I, I lose my job or somebody gets ill or somebody dies or I see trauma, like I see a car accident or something like that. This is where I have to sit and say, am I safe? Then I sit there and say, I'm grateful it's not me in the car accident. I'm grateful that I'm, or I've done everything I can do to get my car fixed, or I just have to live with the fact that I don't have my registration because it's lost in the mail. What could I do? What I can, what can I do? So you either accept it's not something you can do, or what can I do, or what self-care can I do? And so there's lots and lots that's available free and with people and without people. And you have to find what's good for you because like not everybody, you know, it's like finding your favorite radio station or, or, you know, there's lots of different kinds of yoga. There's lots of different kinds of methods. And until I, I was doing, uh, I was learning trauma release just to, to learn it. And I found that one of the things that that they do even as a warm up that if I did an extended fold for what's called forward fold, so you take your hands down to however you can go down, but it was the fact that you know my chest was as close as it could be to my belly and my legs, actually hanging there for a minute or two, really brought on a sense of calm for me. And I hadn't known that. So, you know, I now have another go-to thing that I can do. And so you have to find out what works for you. And it may be a lot of trial error. And it can also be what I would say is good stacking. Not only am I going to say gratitudes of right now I'm feeling and this is, you know, it could be worse or what I'm grateful for, or I have a home a loving husband at home to come home to, even though right now I'm not, you know, if I was out somewhere, I'm not there right now. Um, but you have to, you can also stack therapies. So I have mindfulness or I have chanting or I have breathing or I have different active and passive meditation. A lot of people don't know you can do active meditation where you're doing something and you're invoking a, a meditative state. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, advocate it while you're driving but when i would get frustrated driving yeah. i would chant so there's yeah. lots of things that you can stack you can stack you can stack things that are good for you and 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 i i don't want to say coping mechanisms it's actually self-care and think of it this way you go to the gym you might as well take care of your emotions in your mind too. Definitely. And we, we need to look after our body, mind and soul more than anything, but uh, just not um, closing our eyes and sitting in the, the yoga position while we're driving, right, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> the chant is good. The chant is good. I absolutely love those tips that you've shared with everybody. And I like to um, your information about the the breathing and things like that as well and connecting with the the subconscious that that's um really interesting and i would love to hear more about that um after our podcast as well that sounds absolutely wonderful um now you're doing great 
you're a world changer, you're a thought leader, you're full of information, you've been doing this for a very long time, your journey and your story is very raw and real still, even though it's happened 15 years ago, and you're still coping every day with, with some things as well, and I'm glad that you haven't got that that connection to it, like like in your words to it anymore, but you're still able to share that information and still know that it's real and it does happen and it's helping so many people. So what kind of message would you like to leave everybody on today? Um, I would say that if you're in a situation where things aren't right for you and you don't feel at your best, then get help and you can help yourself and you can get help. And I'm going to say that um, you, you don't be defined by what's happened to you. Be defined by what you can do now in the present moment and what you can do for the future. And you can thrive after, you know, the victory is that you're no longer a victim and that you're better now. And even if you're going through it right now, even taking one small step to listen to this, to decide on one small action to go toward a better life where you're taking care of yourself and you're no longer a victim, that's just one small step. So you can become stronger. And and if you know of somebody else where any of these symptoms, you know, um, then you know, referring to this podcast, um, look at what's available. There's just so many things that are available and get the help that that's so available and very often free. Oh, and your words of wisdom. And thank you very much for sharing your raw and real journey with everybody. Uh, thank you so much for, for being brave to share your story as well, because you are so appreciated. And we will be sharing out your link. So if you want to connect with Anne, please click on her links and connect with her because she she can help you change your world. Definitely. You can find the Victim to Victory podcast on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you got value from today, please subscribe, like and comment. And I would like to leave you with a message and a big thank you to Anne Justy is step into your story, figure out who you are and do it on purpose. It's bye for now from the Victim to Victory podcast series. Thank you, Anne.